Today, we resume our chat about video games, Sea of Thieves, Pay to Win, all that kind of stuff, and Steve's thoughts about uh, EA Access. What are your thoughts again? Um, EA Access is available. It's like $30 US a year, and you get access to all the EA games that they put in the vault. But they don't put sports games into the vault until they've been alive for 9 to 12 months. Like, it's an old game by that point. This People have already switched to a, the newer version of the game. So... In, and it's only available on Xbox. You can't use, and maybe computer, but you on PlayStation, you EA Access isn't available. Yeah, and it's not even been released yet. So, as far as what you're proposing, Steve, like, let's say new players get recruited, drafted, or what may they be, and your subscription to this you know, game service would be adding those characters as they come. So, let's say, I don't know, John Quickstick... He gets recruited to the Patriots, and so he just added it to the game. And it's not like DLC you have to pay for, but rather you're paying just for this, like you know, DLC to be added. They, they're already features. doing. They're already doing that. Are they? Are they? Yeah, they update the rosters every time I log into the game. They update the rosters and they make sure everything's as up to date as possible. And in football, they even have they even have the announcers record new lines and they drop them into the game weekly or monthly or something hmm. so they're constantly doing this stuff already and releasing this stuff my issue is that they're breaking the game by so so 2018 uh nhl 2018 comes out and um so as soon as it releases you know they're already working on 19 they're working on next year they need to improve the game and fix stuff and make things better but when they're doing that they're like they're starting a whole new game. Don't start a whole new game. If you have improvements for the game, do improvements to the game. Like don't don't push all of your okay, well we fixed this thing and this thing and this thing and this thing and when you buy the next game, then you get those improvements. That's bullshit, especially when something is fucking busted. It's kind of like Destiny in a way if you think about it. Destiny 1 came out and it was a great game. You, you finished the game and then we're like we're uh, we're releasing 2 now. They released Destiny 2, and it was basically just a giant add-on for Destiny 2. It played the same. There was a few different powers and stuff, and the story was different, but it still felt like it was the same game, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I mean, it really does. Like, uh, and, and on top of that, so like NHL, so EA has, the, has a new physics system called the Frostbite Engine, and they ha are slowly moving all of their games over to it. Frostbite Engine's been around for years, and they still haven't moved NHL over to it. And there's no talks of them doing it next year. So, like, you have this new top-of-the-line innovative engine, and you're refusing to make games on it. Uh, and from what I've heard, it's super, super difficult to make games on it. So, like, not all. So, not only is is it a new engine you're not using, but it's also broken. So, like, there's a reason not to use it. So the whole fucking company is a piece of shit, in my opinion. Wow, wow. You sounded very optimistic there. Like, oh, yeah, we can fix this. No, no, they're a piece of shit. EA is the worst company in the world. I would rather see Nike have child labor shops all over India and China than see EA produce one more video game. That's very well stated. Uh, Slippy, do you agree with that? I agree EA has gone downhill from what it was a few years back. Like, when you saw the EA brand on it, like, back in the day, you were like, oh, this is going to be a good game. Like, 
back in like 97 and stuff like that. Okay, name, really one, name, a, name a good EA game for me, would you? Titanfall. Okay. Titanfall 2, both great games. They are some of the exceptions. There are great games in there. EA has brought out some good ones, but then, like you said, when things start to go wrong, they tend not to fix them. They tend to leave them and just focus on the next game project. Yeah, I mean, Star Wars Battlefront. Well, Star Wars Battlefront is one of those rare exceptions. It, that comes down to preference, I think. Because, like, myself, I love Star Wars Battlefront. I know, for instance, Colby that we play with is another big fan of it. We got, we still play it from time to time, and we still have a good laugh on it. But what destroyed that game at first was the microtransactions. So it just gave it a bad reputation. It's like Anthem. Anthem at this minute is an empty game. It's kind of like No Man's Sky, Sea of Thieves, when it first started. But I tell you, I got a feeling that further down the line, this game's going to be a great game. The only problem is it got like um, slated really big because of the EA name on it, because of the issues we've had previously. From my point of view, like saying this is going to be a great game, that's something you should say like before the game's released, like like a year before the game's released, not like after it's released. No, like, I agree with what you're saying. I mean. I, I was really hyped for this game. I, I still like Anthem, but I feel it is still missing a lack of content. Um, you, he's doing the same sort of grind and stuff. But again, that's another game that, if you've got friends with you, it's still really fun to play. And there's a lot of customization in it, but I still feel like there's a lot missing from it. I mean, to be honest, like games myself, I haven't really bought too many like that are new. Uh, I usually wait like three years to see if the game's still good. Like, or if it's going to be any good. Uh, there's like maybe one or two exceptions to that. That's one was, was The Witcher. I bought that game on release date. And then uh, I bought Divinity 2, somewhat close. It's like a year after it was made, but you know, it was still pretty well tested and everything. So I, I tend to wait on games. Cause a lot of times they are crap when they first you know start up and there ends up being issues. Like, The Witcher had a lot of issues as well. I mean, it's worth it to play it. But still, it's, it's kind of like still had all these bugs and these things that drove people crazy. And another, sometimes... sorry, another game I can think of that had major issues when it first came out was For Honor. That was a game I bought uh, on release, and I hated it because they had it so it was set so everyone was an individual um, server basically. It wasn't just one set server. So when people were leaving, the games were getting quitted straight out. So the multiplayer on that was very broken. Um, which basically killed that game. I mean, now they're starting to improve by adding the separate characters and stuff. But like myself, I don't want to go back and play it because other games are out now. Uh, they had their shot. They blew it. Yeah, I mean, I, don't, I, I think it's hard to, to say like that just because a game flops on release means that it's going, it's always going to be a bad game nowadays. Back in the day, for sure, because like they didn't go back and fix games like that. They would just release the new one. But I think nowadays they have the opportunity to fix games. But if they fuck it up so bad at the beginning, it's going to be really hard to get people to come back like No Man's Sky. Um, I think that's a huge uphill battle. And a lot of companies are going to say, is it worth it? Are people going to come back? Um, but I think that there's a lot like Fallout 76. That was a huge, huge flop when yeah. it when it released. Um, and if they even if they spent the next year 
just fixing that game and they made it what it was supposed to be, do you think people would come back to it? I do think or, people would come back to it. My fear is that people will have moved on and there's always something new coming out. And if you don't grab them and hold them through that whole time like Fortnite has, then you're going to lose them. But even Fortnite's losing a lot of people to Apex and to to a lot of other games that are coming out. I think that Fallout 76, the only way to save that is to go free to play and then open up the mods, have the modders essentially make the game. That's actually a really good idea. Because they've actually done some stuff already where they've improved the game quite a bit. I mean, mods, there's been a couple of cases where mods have actually made the game. Mm. I, I mean, mods to the Source Engine, Gary's mod, made entire games. That's true. It's, true. it's really weird to think about that, too. Because uh, you have Gary's sword, which is source, Gary's mod, which is the mod to the game, but then people use Gary's mod to make games themselves, which, <laughs> like, how? You're making a game off of a game. Yeah, yeah. It's wild. I think that, that says a lot about um, the, the culture nowadays. It's the ability to change the game. Let's let's take an example here, right? You have, so you have Link to the Past. That's a, an old game for the Super Nintendo that um, you know people have played a thousand times, and it's a, it's a great game. But there's an actual there's a community out there now that takes whatever chest you're opening that would have an item in it, and it randomizes what goes in that chest. So now you can play the game, and it's like playing a new game. And there's different strategies, and they had to create logic because you can't have the lamp at the last chest because you need the lamp in order to go through certain areas in the game. So they had to create like logic behind it. And like the modders created a whole game, a whole new game within that game that can perpetuate forever because it's randomized. And on top of that, they've added they've added tons of other things. They you can randomize what enemies are going to show up. You can randomize like and pretty much anything in the game you can randomize what boss is going to show up in the boss room what entrance they have entrance randomizers so if you go in a door any door in the game any cave entrance you'll show up any other entrance so everything's randomized and people play it and it's it's a thriving community and uh i think that's that's a new thing that's come along in games the ability to mod games and and create new games out of old games, allow people to still play them and get a unique experience. But you've also got to take into account, though, back in the Link's Awakening days, they didn't have the ability to update over the internet. They had to release what was there onto a cartridge or a disc or going back to the Game Boy, because that's also where Link's Awakening started. You had no other option of connecting it to anything. So games back then were very limited. Now, games like today, I mean, look at Capcom. They've just re-released Resident Evil 2 and Resident Evil 1. The story's more or less the same, but there's tweaks in it. Like, the story, like you can go play Resident Evil 1, for instance, then go and play the remake of Resident Evil 1. It won't be the same because they've actually had the chance to go and add extra puzzles into it, uh, made the bosses slightly different the way they fought, because they're not, they've got that ability now to mod the game, like you said. And I mean, this is a conversation I've had too with my brother. Resident Evil Two is his favorite game of all time. We were playing Resident Evil One together. Uh, I also had this conversation with my mom because her and I have played Resident Evil a ton. And 
the the beauty of what they of what Capcom did is they released the game that everybody loved with new upgraded graphics on a new console so you can play it. You don't need to bust out your PS1 anymore. You can play it on your PS4. But they add they changed it just enough to make it a unique experience, but not enough that hardcore fans weren't going to uh to to like it anymore. They kept the spirit of it alive. And that was the beauty of it. One of my favorite parts about it is there's a there's this one one area that everybody remembers who plays Resident Evil, where you're walking down a hallway and a dog comes crashing through the window and it makes everybody jump because you're not expecting it. In the remake, the dog jumps against the window, which everyone's now expecting because it's been 20 years, and it cracks the glass, but it doesn't break through. And then you keep running, and then later way later in the game when you've completely forgotten that the dog even exists it then it comes crashing through and then it scares you again and it's taking the same exact jump scare tweaking it just a little bit and reliving that moment it's allowing people to relive their original experience in a new era yeah it's like the liquor in that as well if you remember the first time you met the liquor you were like ah oh. I know that's going to be there. And then it wasn't. It was slightly around the corner. They changed it just that little bit. So thinking, oh, it's not here anymore. You get rounded up. Oh, hell. And I think that falls along the lines with, with what modders are doing. It's taking an old experience that people love and tweaking it just enough to keep the spirit of the game alive, um, but to provide a new experience for users who otherwise would have a repeat experience. And that's something that all games need to keep doing is keep the game changing just enough that it's a unique experience even though you've played it a hundred times. I think I think that's something Sea of Thieves is doing really well on. They just keep changing, changing a little bit more, a little bit more, and continuing to make it better. And that's the exact opposite of what EA does. Because what EA does, and I will never stop harping on EA because they're fucking awful, is they take, they say, okay, so I've identified all of these issues with the game but we're not going to do that. We're not going to fix those. Instead, we're going to do this other thing. And it's fucking stupid. And it makes no sense to me because I, I think they're completely... It, they're, they're the opposite of Capcom in that Capcom understands what people like about their game and how to keep that alive. And EA has no fucking clue why people play their game and just tries to add a bunch of shit and throw stuff at the wall. What's popular right now? Oh, people love being able to wear different shirts. So let's add 300 shirts that are unlockables that the more you play, the more shirts you get. That's not why I play fucking hockey. I play hockey for the gameplay. So fix the fucking gameplay. And instead of fixing the gameplay, they add in a bunch of download, a bunch of customizable shit that nobody cares about. Well, it could be said that EA is not making games for consumers, but rather making games for stockholders. And that's my problem. And well, it's kind of the inevitable problem of like having these big corporations. I mean, some will have more control over their, say, product or the end goal. But if things get super corporatized, like corporate, if things get super corporatized like that, then it's what happens. Like, uh, there's a whole thing with Blizzard, where they were gonna release what was a new Diablo or something like that, some new game that people were hyped up for, and then ended up being some mobile game. And, it was tough. and people were super pissed about that because they thought it was Naper Foolstroke, and but it wasn't. And then they kind of patronized them a little bit, like, like don't you all have phones? And, and I think that kind of gets to the crux of the entire issue that I'm talking about in that 
when you have a developer who's out of touch with why people play their games, they're going to make a shitty game, and they always do. And it, I don't think that should be something that's ends up being surprising, but I do think it's something that needs to change if these companies want to exist anymore. Well, though, th- this is the thing, though. If they're making tons of money, from their perspective, are they doing anything wrong? Like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, some people are saying, are, you're doing all this wrong. It's like, well, we're getting like $80 billion a year. Mm-hmm. Like, I, are we really doing something wrong? Or are you like the vocal minority? Mm-hmm. No, you're, they're doing something wrong. <laughs> When, when the major, it's not it's not the vocal minority. It's that that's the only company making that type of game, and they just have no soul. Just because you're a big corporation doesn't mean you don't have a soul. Doesn't mean you need to only be about profits. I think they're just doing things for the wrong reason. If you're doing it because you're making eighty billion dollars, that's not the right reason. And I do think that companies like that will fail. Yeah. I could see EA failing eventually and having to break off or being bought out because what's helped them so far is I believe they have licenses on sports teams and like very specific thing with sports. So like uh, I think they have the NFL and also the FIFA, like the whole mm-hmm. FIFA league, and some people have tried to do other things like uh, like other soccer stuff and it gets kind of hairy and into legal gray territories they, they do have the licenses but they're not exclusive anybody else could buy those licenses if they want to oh i didn't know that but so they're the one, so they're the only ones that have and they're exercising right. it right there was an argument i saw on some video that was saying that the the uh, surge of rocket league was kind of like a like let's get the fuck away from ea because they're not making that great of products. Rocket League is a great game. I love Rocket League. We should play some Rocket League. We should. I haven't really played it. That would be a lot of fun. Okay. Another another argument that you haven't really thought about is, though, EA doesn't listen to the community. While games like Sea of Thieves is listening to the community. Capcom listens to the community. They send these servers out. Uh, not servers, sorry. Um, surveys out. We type in what we think about them, and they actually listen. They have the whole chat room forum on the CFEs website, for instance, and people post in ideas and stuff, and then you can submit them if you want. Um, they actually listen to them. Like, the Meg was actually rumor at first, but then all of a sudden it's in the game. Harpoons were always talked about. Now they're in the game. Fishing, another one. So maybe that's part of what sea of thieves kind of has going for it because uh interacting with the community and also getting things from the community into the game into reality is kind of something that shows like the the developer cares and that they're listening whereas if you're dealing with some company like ea and they're clearly not listening they're just doing the opposite what you want them to do then that just seems like there's no relationship there it's like fuck you and so I can kind of see, like, I've been a bit skeptical about this whole, like, CFE things, because it, it, to me, it kind of sounded like, uh, like, uh, that one game, No Man's Sky. But, okay, okay, I, I, I can buy it here, because it seems like they've been very active with community, and that they've been adding things over and over and over, and that they've been very open about it. So it, it seems like they're not doing anything wrong there. Maybe that's just a new way to develop games. And, and I love that way of developing games, and I just want to... I just want to be super clear in one thing, and that's I don't expect any company to let the inmates run the asylum. 
I don't think that the players should be the determining be-all, end-all deciders of what goes in a game. I think a good company needs to have a vision of their game and execute that vision and then take the criticism of their users with a grain of salt but and truly ask themselves, with the criticism we're getting on this game, does it still follow the mission of what we set out to do? Does Is this still on vision? And if it's not, they need to be humble enough to accept that and change it. And I don't ever see EA doing that. I see them consistently going in the opposite direction. Not just, it's, it's almost as if it's not just we don't hear you, but we hear you and we don't care. And that's where it crosses the line for me. Because it's one thing to be incompetent. It's another thing to be belligerently a douchebag. And that's how I picture EA. That reminds me, I think you had a good point there. Like, the game has to know what it is. And there's one game that came out somewhat recently. It's uh, Shadows Die Twice. Uh, Shikaru, I think it's the actual name. But the game is very, very difficult. It's like a Dark Souls-esque game made by the same creators. And I guess they take it to a level above. So now it's even, even harder. And there's no easy mode. And a lot of people have been complaining that there's no easy mode, that you can't make it easier. And they're just saying, no, this is how the game is. Like that's it, the point. Yeah. Like, like, you're supposed to die. You're supposed to learn. This, this, this is what we're trying to create. And I, I think in that case, not listening to, you know, people's feedback and saying, this is actually what our design was. If you don't like it, that's fine. But we put this very up front. You know, we make it very clear you're going to die over and over again. And this is not meant for casual people. Mm-hmm. It's just for people who are really into video games for challenges who want to test themselves, improve themselves, and to spend hours and hours just on one boss. So, and, and here's my, my analogy comparison here is you're, you're playing hockey, right? And you're playing against somebody who's played this game a million hours, and they found this glitch that if you hold the puck in a certain way and, and you're on a certain point in the ice and you shoot, you will score 100% of the time. They're called glitch goals, and this is something that the community will complain about. And in response... Uh, the glitch goals remain, and they release a new shirt with a different logo on it by Adidas. Like, that's a fucking slap in the face. It's like, you have a fucking busted thing here that's making it so that it's an unfair play advantage for somebody who literally has no life. What's my incentive to play the game anymore? Because I can unlock a fucking new sweatshirt? That's the exact opposite of what people want, and I don't get it. Oh, I saw another I saw another game do this, release all these shirts... So we're going to do that. You're a fucking sports game. Get the sport right first. Mm-hmm. It's like I, that's one thing I like about CFE. It's like, look at that double gun glitch. How many people were getting annoyed with that? Like a few months back where yep. they had a glitch in the game where if you had a pistol and a gun, you could switch easy and double shot. Now it's called the double tap move. Now Joe Neat basically does each week, uh, a description of what's happening inside Sea of Thieves. And he basically listens to the community and talks about it, and they fix the problems. Because this was one of the things they talked about. So, like, hackers, cheaters, because every game's got them. Um, they, f- they listen to them, and then they'll actually sit and talk to the community in a webcam chat, or more or less. It's like an actual um, podcast, more or less, but in video. And they actually go over these topics and say, right, this is what the community is saying right now. This is what we need to do. This is what we're doing. And they actually give you each week a step-by-step guide. I think I've sent you some of those videos as well in that group chat we're in. Like, you know, when I'm posting those videos of the guy talking, 
that's yeah. Joe Neat, the guy that owns, well, doesn't own Sea of Thieves, but he's like their head lead designer. And he actually listens to us and puts it forward. And, and that's what we need from, from companies that are creating uh, an experience, that are creating a, a consumable experience, is to, to listen to what people are saying. And as long as it's in line with the spirit of the game, to fix it. To like make continue to improve the game, the experience of the player, and I, when companies don't do that, I think it's it's a it's the first nail of many in their coffin. Yeah, I agree. I agree, and I don't play games too much, but I mostly play games with developers I support, and developers I support tend to put work into their game. They tend to make it easy for the game to be modded or. Uh, be played anywhere they, they release free updates to it and th- that what's that's what makes it important to me there's not too many games i play which are like by bad developers and rare is an amazing developer one thing we haven't talked about at all is the graphics so water graphics really really hard to get right we've seen countless games over the years just fuck up water graphics it makes things laggy uh water is just really hard to emulate in an engine the water in this game is the best graphics i have ever seen in any game as far as water physics and graphics go it's it's smooth it feels like water like it looks like water it acts like it it's everything they did is right and the game itself is stylized and so so pretty i love playing the game just looking around the world the first time i saw one of the volcanoes explode I was like, I stood there. I got hit by a rock. I just watched it come in and hit me. I'm like, this game is beautiful. <laughs> it, it, I I absolutely commend Rare in all that they've done with Sea of Thieves um, on every on every tier. I think that they're doing things the right way. I have one thing I don't agree with that they're doing at the minute. This is me as a personal preference because I've played on both sides for your listeners that basically judge me as being just Xbox. I play mainly on Xbox, but I've played on PC. Now, this game is you buy it once, you can play it on Xbox and PC. So that's another good benefit. You can play with PC players and then switch to an Xbox player and carry on. But the one feature I have, uh, one problem I have personally is it's not optional. It's forced on you. Now, games where it's cross-play against PC players, like as you know, PC players always will have the advantage on the Xbox. It's just that whole point-and-click, everything's at fingertips, basically. Hotkeys and stuff like that. That gives the Xbox player already right there a big disadvantage. So I feel, which is a big issue in the community right now, and it is an ongoing topic, and it has been from day one, the cross-play needs to be optional, in my opinion, for this game to be even better. Like... When we were doing Arena last night, when we were going up against the Xbox players, we were holding our own. You go up against a PC player, we're outmatched because they can fire off guns quicker. They can shoot more cannons quicker. They can reload. They can do multiple things at once while we're limited to one button, for instance. PC master race. So if if they... If they have all that cross-platform, but then you get to choose to go into either a cross-platform server or a non-cross-platform server, that would be uh, better for you. Yeah, and I know loads of people are saying, yeah, but there's more Xbox players than there are PC. 
it's actually about the same. The only problem is a lot of Xbox players walked away from the game because they felt they were at a disadvantage. How many times have we been trolled on the seas by a PC player because they know they've got the advantage? Yeah, being double shots really, really annoying. They can basically instantly kill you because they use the they use a, a quick key on their keyboard to switch between weapons, and then they go switch shoot, switch shoot, and it's just you get wheel. shot twice instantly. But in when you're on an Xbox, you shoot, then you have to press Y to change weapons. It does an animation to take out the weapon, then you press it again. But there's no frames between when you're on the computer, so it's literally just an exploit of the hotkeys of that aren't available on the Xbox. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and it's and it's uh, not a key; it's actually just the mouse wheel. So that's how quick you can switch. It's just roll your finger down it. And yeah. So, so I, I'm definitely on board with you on that aspect. The loading times for PC players is a hell of a lot quicker than it is Xbox. So there's always yeah. going to be that unfairness because we get hit in the water. We've got to actually wait for the loading time to get back on our boat to start bailing. Look at that galleon we nailed last night. Because they were walking through the load time like it's nothing, they were able to get their water out the boat and carry on. I think in time that'll disappear as um, consoles become more computer than console, uh, which is happening very rapidly. I mean, I have an Xbox One X Scorpio, and my load times are wicked fast. I load in before any of you guys. I'm uh, on a Scorpio. I was going to say, you and I actually yesterday were loading in, and then uh, the other two in our party were loading in seconds to even sometimes minutes later. Um, So I'm with you in that. That's another another advantage that PCs have, but I think that will slowly go down over time. I think right now we're in an awkward stage where PCs are stronger than consoles, but that won't always be the case, and very quickly it's not becoming the case. I think it's always going to be the case, but it's like consoles will release a new console, and that new console will get to where PCs had been. Maybe not quite the tippy-top, but, you know like high end and then the PCs will get better over time and then it's a, it's a cycle of consoles becoming less and less capable than PCs or PCs become more and more capable but then consoles kind of rising up with the next generation and then mm-hmm. PCs rising up again well well I think that consoles are going to become you're going to be able to replace parts add more RAM add different video cards things like that I think that's where consoles are going to be like computers in that regard and therefore will be able to um, keep up with with the current technologies versus having to do what EA does and instead of fixing the old stuff and making it better just releasing a new one and saying ah oh, we're starting over here's this with all new broken things but wasn't that meant yeah. to be the idea of the Scorpio when it first came out anyways they were like oh you can change parts if it gets further down the line you can replace the processor and all that but they Possibly. haven't actually made but then They've kind of gone back on the word with that one. I personally think consoles are... I think we've got probably two more consoles in it, and I do think consoles will eventually die out. Steam is trying to do something with their, their Steam OS, where essentially you get a console, but it's, it's a computer. It's really just a computer, but it's meant for playing video games, and it's supposed to be better optimized for it as well. And that that would be the new console, and then you, you can have different specs, and you can change stuff out, and so and on. I and think so that's exactly where the industry as a whole is going to go. And some of the issues that I pop up in that, from like a developer point of view, is everything is able to be, to be developed in anything. 
because it's not going to be like these Sony exclusives or Activision exclusives and so on and so forth. Is this going to be? I think everybody will be cross-platform except Sony. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to have to give in eventually. I think they're starting to already. But I was going to say, um, I think they're caving. They are starting to, but we'll we'll see what happens on that. We have been at this for a while. Slippy, is there anything else about uh, Sea of Thieves or um, the online gaming experience? Things like anything we talked about that you want to touch on before we we wrap it here? Well, for the PvP aspect, we didn't really touch much on that. So, like, as for a PvP uh, with the new content, they've made it a lot better for the combat now. So, when the game first came out, masks couldn't be destroyed. Uh, there was no harpoon guns, like I was mentioning, and planks of wood was just literally one hole it's little features now like they've made it so if you're shooting into the same spot the holes will get bigger more water will come in masts going down makes a big difference in the game now because obviously you can't move the ship if the mast is down and the harpoon gun makes a like a, a really big groundbreaking aspect of the game because you can use that to pick people up you can use it to pick chests up barrels out of the water for loot and as you were finding last night when we were playing Mida, you can use it to hook onto the backs of ships and pull you in. Yeah, I really like using the harpoon um, and just like you, you attach it, you pull your ships together so that you're launching around it broadside. And I found that I was uh, I was starting to get the, the um, pattern down on how to make it so we're always broadside and we're just wrapping around and around the ship mm-hmm. um, like an AT-AT or something. Exactly. It's just the PvP aspect on that is so beautiful to watch. Even if you're watching two ships battling out from a distance, it's like something from a film. I don't know if you've ever seen Master and Commander or even the Pirates of the Caribbean. You watch them ships on the films fighting. It kind of gets you in the mood to play games like this. But then you can actually go out and actually experience that. So like the arena mode is like if you just want pure PvP, just go straight for that. If you want to go on a Tales and massive new stories like these new storyteller stories have just added they're huge like these riddles are really good makes you think you gotta go all right so it's not a case of you're on an island the riddles before was okay you've got to go to that bird raise your lantern so to speak it told you it in a story but now it just gives you bits and puzzles and you've got to figure out from the islands you've previously been to or what you see around you yeah, they. I, I definitely love the new the new storyteller. I like the arena mode. I'd like to play that a little more. Um, and uh, PVP's a lot of fun with that with that harpoon and with the, mm-hmm. the new additions. Uh, definitely with you there. It's even like the Megs and Ghost ships using that harpoon gun. You can take them down a lot quicker than previously. It used to be that if you were fighting a Meg, the Meg kept circling you. Now you can hook onto that Meg, and it will actually pull your boat around at full speed, but you'll be able to hit it a lot easier than you would before. Yeah. No, I, I really look forward to them continuing to improve the game and uh, to, to keep playing it. Like, I I became Pirate Legend. I, I was leveling up my Athena. I think I'm level 9 now. Uh, I'm almost to, to max level on all that stuff, and now there's these new updates so there's all this new stuff i can do now that will they gave me two brand new uh uh, paths that i can follow and continue to level up exactly and like you said with the commendations in the game there's so much to do now it's it's never a dull moment you can't really go on and say i'm gonna go play cfds for an hour because you'll find that you just get so sidetracked getting stuff doing there's so much to do and it's it's a great game just to keep you busy 
Absolutely. and enjoy. So where um you're you're a streamer. Where yep. can uh, where can people find you and watch you play? Um I'm on Mixer at mixer.com forward slash commando slippy. Pretty straightforward. And uh, what games do you do you, are you typically playing? What what are what do people expect to see? Um if I'm not playing Sea of Thieves, I'm usually on Madden. Um I also touch on other games like Destiny, um I actually do a bit of E, not Eve, sorry, um, Elite Dangerous, um, Ace Combat, because I've got the Thrustmaster controller, which is quite an interesting game to do it on. Um, I also do Division 2. Um, I'm quite a varied gamer, and Battlefield's another one I'm usually playing. Outstanding. Highly suggested. Mixer.com slash Commando Slippy. Uh, give him a follow and uh, tell him we need to talk sent you. Pepin, what do you got? I don't know. See, what I have, I guess, is I'm going to shout out to Adobe. Hello, Adobe. You guys are cool. Charge a bit too much for your products, but their products work all right. <laughs> hey, Adobe, hope you're listening. You're, you're okay. Uh, I mean, maybe it's me, but uh, it's very glitchy. It crashes all the time, but it's way better than anything else out there, so I can't really say <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> Fair. It could be worse. It mm-hmm. could be. Uh, it could be that program I bought for three hundred dollars. What if for every crash they gave you fifty cents back on your purchase? Then I'd probably not be paying anything for this subscription prescri- here. Mm-hmm. And I bet they'd fix it pretty quick. I hope so. Awesome. Okay, I got. I got nothing. Um, how about Mixer.com/slash/TPCSports? You can hear me be an announcer for our football league, or playing on the football league sometimes with Brian announcing. And I'll actually be doing one tonight, but by the time you guys listen to this, it won't be tonight. Do, do, do your announcer voice. But it might be. I want to hear. Which, 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 yeah, so. this is pretty much, it's pretty much just my voice. No, no. And then they said, voila, da. Okay, count, count. And then they said, like oh that. my God, it's amazing. Red hot zone. <laughs> do your red hot zone. <laughs> oh yeah, my, my catchphrase is, so there's, um in football, there's the red zone, which is, from the 20 yard line to the end zone. Um, and that's where people typically score. That's where it's easy to kick a field goal, things like that. Um, so I coined the phrase the red hot zone, which is even further in the 10 yard line to the end zone. I think that's the most dangerous part of the field. Um, but when someone gets like, say they're down on the nine yard line and here we are deep in the red hot zone. That was some good gravel. Yeah, that's what the whole the whole thing is just about the gravel. Red hot zone. Red hot zone. Red hot zone. Exactly. I can't do this very well. Well, so you gotta practice. Slippy, you wanna try? No, I'm good. <laughs> I, I, I value my throat. That's totally fair. By the end of the game, my throat always hurts. But it's totally worth it. So anyway, um yeah, thanks for thanks for joining us, Slippy. It was really Thank great you for having you. Having me. Yeah, you got it. Until next time. We need to talk. We need to talk? Yeah, that's it. We need to talk. Hi, my name is Derek from The Blaze Experience. The Blaze Experience is about gaming. I talk about video games and the podcasts that I get into dive really deep into the games. So any games that I talk about, you're going to find a lot about the stats and different aspects of those games. For example, if I talk about guns in a game, it might be talking about the stats of those guns, why one gun is good, why one gun isn't good. And I get into a lot of different aspects of that that other video game podcasts don't do. 
So if you want to find out more about me, you can find me on podcastnh.com. You can find me on Twitter at The Blaze Experience, B-L-A-I-S-E, capital X-P-E-R-I-E-N-C. And you can also find me on Apple Podcasts and many other directories.